listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Aaron Rodgers, who had some interesting comments after the game about his future and sort of leaving the door open a little bit as to the possibility of maybe finishing his career elsewhere. He tried to clarify those comments, as Dan Byer mentioned in the Top of the Hour update on the Pat McAfee show, but still saying the same thing and getting the same messaging across. I expect to be back with the Green Bay Packers, but anything's possible in this business. Okay, so that's what I disagree with. So let's start there. It felt like today's comments walked back the general tenor of the game day, post-game comments. If I would just give my take on them, it was post-game. It was like, hmm, who knows? And there's more doubt than maybe we had expressed or talked about before, where it felt like that if I was if I knew nothing about the situation, if I didn't know who Aaron Rodgers was, and I heard him talking about the uncertainty, I'd say, wow, 50-50 at best, he's back. It felt like today he was saying, yeah, obviously I'm likely to be back, but you never know. You know, the sky could fall. Did did it not feel like a walk back to you? Uh, I don't know that it was a total walk back. I, I think he still is leaving the door open and, you know, being honest about this is a business. And it does feel like there's a little bit of he's still a little bothered by the Jordan Love draft pick. And that's why I think a lot of this is being sparked up again. Where do you well, first off, do you on a scale of one to ten with five being average, how much of an Aaron Rodgers fan are you? Of his talent as yeah, a just football overall, player? overall. Oh, a, a nine, eight or nine. That's right, so fantastic. Right, so would, there's nothing about him personally, or not even personally, because we don't know him personally, but his personality that he puts out there. You know, some people just like certain people, don't like others. He's on the light. You like him. Yeah, I, I like him, but I do acknowledge he's a, a pretty arrogant guy. Okay, and yeah. that doesn't bother you, apparently. No. I mean, you work I, with I, me. I mean, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I don't know. I don't know him personally, so I, I don't. I, I don't. You know, take yeah, any of that but, stuff personally. But you know, but. you know how it is. Yeah. Is it's like you see someone, and you, like I, I'm not a huge fan of him as a broadcaster. But Ryan Clark, I was a huge. I mean, I'm not. I don't have a problem with him as you know, just not my style. But as a Steeler, I loved Ryan Clark. I, I don't think I ever heard him speak, but on the you know up to that point, but on the field. I just love the way he played. Right? Ike Taylor, love the way he's played. So to some degree, when you don't hear them talk a lot in athlete, you can say, hey, this is a guy doesn't love the limelight. He'd rather play. You know, There's different things we get hits from. Right? We don't really know these people. And the real question is, who do we really know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> some of us are struggling to know ourselves. And you know, I don't want to talk about Fez when he's not here. But, I mean, the reality is <laughs> that we do get hits. And off of people and to me I think Aaron Rodgers tends to rub some people the wrong way but not you I don't take it personal but I know exactly what people see when they get bothered by his comments you know I heard someone I can't remember who it was talking today about they you know in the media and they said they saw Aaron Rodgers after they had lost the Seattle game right the conference championship that was a real tough loss and it was at the Pro Bowl and they said, um, you know, how long does it take you to get over something like that? He goes, oh, I'm already over it. And to me, you talk to the guys 
and again, maybe this is just a big fantasy on my part, but you talk to the guy, you know, there's a famous Woody Hayes story. It was like 1980. He was, you know, he was uh, older and, you know, slipping and they had a big night for him in Columbus. And he was up at the stage and he was accepting an award or whatever. And Bo Schembechler was there and, you know, a lot of his old assistants and everything. And at one point during his remarks, he says, best team we ever had was in 69. He goes, Bo, you're never going to have a big win like that again. He's like all upset about that game. <laughs> like a dozen plus years later at his like career retrospective. And I think that you hear about that a lot. A guy that still hasn't gotten over a certain result. And I mean, heck Andy Reed after the game, was talking about a game in the Big 12, uh, five downs in Colorado. <laughs> Remember, did you hear that? No, I, I, but I, I think I know exactly what game he's talking about. And, and it's like, to me, I think that that's a guy that's living it. Maybe it's not healthy for him, just like Ali and Frazier, you know, Thrill and Manila wasn't healthy for them. But boy, as a, a viewer, I want them to care a lot. Aaron Rodgers feels like he's thinking, you know, I'm a millionaire. I'm good looking. I am one of the great quarterbacks ever. Doesn't, you know, win, lose, I'm I'm fine. And to me, it makes the fans say, well, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not this. I'm not that. Winning matters to me. And you know why you're a millionaire? Because of winning, because of the chance to win. So maybe care about as much as the fans do. And I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm saying he puts off an error that he doesn't. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? No, I, I totally agree. I still think that there's a large major. I, I think there's a large percentage of people in Green Bay that still prefer Brett Favre over Aaron Rodgers. Just just his personality. Uh, I, the, the different ends of the spectrum, right? Yeah. Brett Favre yeah. always felt, you know, he had the genes. And, and again, we don't know how much of any of it's a put on. But what we know is we do get impressions. And I do feel like football is a sport that if you're too, you know, the whole relaxed thing, it's like, to me, that that was never, he didn't win the Super Bowl that year either. I mean, it's like, I look at Brady, and that's the last thing I think of is relax. Yeah. Right? I'm thinking <laughs> he's he's at a wedding trying to get Wes Welker out in the parking lot to, to practice. I mean, that's, you know, another story. So, in general... You're less less critical, I think, than most of Aaron Rodgers. So let's be clear. The people that worship talent love him. I mean, the, the, the film guys in the NFL, they will say almost to a man, he's he can make throws no one else can make. He, he, his physical tools are unmatched. Yeah. Maybe Mahomes has changed that, and I think he has. But before Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, doesn't matter who it was, no one had the same physical tools as Aaron Rodgers. And that can be something that causes the guys who grade those tools to, to love you. I think it actually hurts with fans because I think fans can't relate to that. They think to themselves, if I had those tools, I wouldn't let anything stay. Now, that might be all BS. They don't know what they would do. They don't know what kind of you know life Aaron Rodgers has had, good or bad, but they know that they think it feels a lot better than what they got. And that, I think that's part of the cool too, is he's so talented and he's it, the only thing, thing it seems to be missing is the want to. And obviously he wants to at a high level. The question is, is it less than Brady? Is it less than whoever? 
And I think by that grade, if you're a Packer fan especially, he falls short. Yeah, and I think that if you look at – and somebody was doing a comparison to this. If you were actually to take his career and compare it to the career of Brett Favre, how eerily similar they are. Just if you look at the Super Bowl, you know, the disappointment in big games. Uh, We talked yesterday about his win-loss record in the playoffs over the last 15 or 16 games. Um, I – Talent-wise, he's unbelievable. All that stuff about the arrogance and sort of him rubbing people the wrong way, it doesn't bother me personally because I don't let it bother me, but I do 100% understand what people are talking to uh, talking about, and even the biggest Aaron Rodgers fans, you have to acknowledge, the guy does give off an air of arrogance a little bit from time to time. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Breaking news that just came out a short time ago. No player elected to be enshrined into the class of 2021 in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling came up 16 votes short. So nobody going into the hall this year, RJ. Okay, first off, and I want to get your opinion. I love, love, love that there's a zero. Nobody. You know why? Colin said it, I think, better than anyone last week. He said, the Hall of Fame is not defined by the top tier. It's defined by the bottom tier. Who's in and who's not? Who's the best person players not in? Because when you hear about guys that are really good and aren't in, it's like, wow, that's an exclusive club. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, than a Hall of Fame where someone says, ah, really? Because then, and I think the NBA Hall of Fame is probably like this, um, you know, Jordan, Magic, Burr, and then when you hear, and again, I can't even, I wouldn't want to name someone in particular, but it feels like the exclusivity of the Hall of Fame for baseball is its number one selling point. What do you think? Yeah, no, it, it, you feel like it's a special class. And, and when you get in there and you have somebody get in in any sport and they're scratching the head like, oh, really, they got in? You know, it kind of it adds a little bit of a – it tarnishes it a little bit, I guess you would say. It's almost like the Pro Bowl versus the All-Pro. All-Pro yes. is a very respected thing. There's only one quarterback or however it works. It's like, I think Brady's only got five. and But the Pro Bowl, you know, you got Andy Dalton with multiple appearances. It does tarnish it. Yeah. Now, question to you. Kurt Schilling, if his politics were not in, for those that uh, are unawares, he was, um, he's expressed himself, I think, pretty readily as a conservative, as a Republican. And he's said some stuff that's controversial. And ultimately, I think was either, I know he was suspended, ultimately, I think, fired by ESPN. Do you recall that, Jonas? Yeah, I think he got fired for he had like an Instagram post or a Twitter post or something like that. I don't remember specifically, but I think he was fired. But politically controversial. Yes, yes. Do you feel like that if he weren't, would he be in? Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd be in. So you think that there's a contingent of voters that are saying, I don't agree with his politics and I, thus he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yeah, I now, so. what, I personally, I don't care where you're at politically, I object to that. I, I do too. I mean, it feels like we can debate steroids or not, though. To me, if you have a problem with it, 
as the you know the commissioner of the league, then you should do something about it. Go in and change the record book. Go in and, and strike out those seasons. I mean, the NCAA does that. Right. The NCAA will say, oh, so, you know, USC didn't win that title or so and so didn't win the Heisman. And I don't love that, but I like it better than the alternative. Right. The alternative is, in theory, you make a mockery of the record book. And we talked about it. And, you know, maybe ironically with, you know, the death of Hank Aaron is how Barry Bonds and we'll say alleged cheating is something that has, you know, in a way, tarnished the record book. And I don't know how you would go about it, but it seems to me you offer the players a deal. If you offer mobsters deals, right, to to turn states evidence, I think that steroids abusers maybe could get a deal. And you say you come in, you pass a lie detector test on when you cheated, we are going to strike those stats and everything else stays. So I know a lie detector is imperfect, but it's pretty darn good. The FBI uses it on their own agents. You know, when there's, and so does the CIA, is my understanding. So think about that, Jonas. I've never heard that proposed, but let's say Bonds from this year to this year was doing it. A Rod would, and if you don't want to come in, that's fine. Then, then you're still going to have the sting. And if anything, it's going to make those who don't come in look even worse. Right, if an A Rod didn't come in, and we're just speculating here, now you think, well, he must have cheated a lot of years, right? Another guy comes in, gets two years straight. Because I think Barry Bonds makes it without the steroid years. I if do you, too. Yeah. But wouldn't that be sweet to clean the record books like that? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Nobody getting into this year's Baseball Hall of Fame, the class of 2021, is 0.0, RJ. <laughs> Kurt Schilling coming up 16 votes short. And the question is, one, how much are the political opinions of Schilling a part of that decision-making? So let's look at the numbers Schilling has more wins than the most recent entrant, Roy Halladay, as a pitcher. And I think this is the key stat. Well, there's two of them. He has more postseason wins than the last three entrants. Roy Halladay, Mike Mussina, Randy Johnson. And he has a better whip, which is an advanced analytics involving hits and walks per innings pitched. Better, you know, really a very respected stat. Better than Roy Halladay, better than Mike Mussina, better than Randy Johnson for Kurt Schilling. Um, now, other stats, you know, he has less wins than Mussina, than Johnson. I think Johnson was one of the dominant pitchers of the era. Yeah. But Mussina and Halladay, both of those you could say were close calls. They go in. I, I can't remember what their vote counts were. And Schilling and uh, McKenzie in research made a point during the break. He said that on the herd, they were discussing, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame and, and the criteria. And Joy made an interesting point that, you know, baseball, like all sports, loves narratives. They love the iconic moments and the bloody sock and, 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 uh, 
that win of the Red Sox over the Yankees and him being so instrumental, Schilling, boy, that feels like something that even if it, if it weren't for external forces would have pushed him over the top, even if he didn't make it otherwise. But all that gets wiped away if there's a political difference. And I don't care which side. I, I know that in the past, Ali got persecuted in a way because of political differences. And you could make the ca- case Jim Brown did. But I, you know, I don't want to sound like a fortune cookie, but two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. And it seems like to me that it, one, baseball or any league has to really define what the voting criteria is, which they refuse to do that. And if you want to say politics is involved, I'm not sure how you implement that. Now, I do get the last point, Jonas. I'm going to let you have the final word on this. I do get the point. If you want to frame Schilling's positions as somehow abominable and that somehow he's a, a Nazi or a fascist, then you're going to say, do we want a Nazi in the Hall of Fame? No, of course we don't. I just think you got to be extra careful with those kind of characterizations because throughout history, whenever there's been a majority and a minority political party or p- political position, there's usually a demonizing of the other position. And to me, I know it's effective and I'm not even sitting in judgment of, is it true or not? I don't, it didn't seem like Nazi or fascist is the right word, but it seems like that we're treading dangerous territory. If we're going to assess things that aren't clearly like that, like that, because we know the people in power tend to do that throughout history. Thoughts, Jonas? Well, and uh, Kurt Schilling uh, responded. He actually sent in a letter sent to the Hall of Fame. This, according to Bob Nightingale, who's been covering Major League Baseball for a long time. Uh, quote, I will not participate in the final year of voting. I'm requesting to be removed from the ballot. I'll defer to the Veterans Committee and men whose opinions actually matter and who are in a position to actually judge a player. End quote. That from Kurt Schilling. Wow. Emotional reaction. Now, if... I were his PR agent, I would have said this is the worst thing to do. Because, I mean, think about it. A couple months before, all the way up, a lot of, lot of face-to-face interviews, if you want, if he did want to backtrack politically. Um, I get it, though, because let's be candid, is to be a level athlete that's even considered for the Hall, it's, it's, got, it's a passion. It's a life passion. And then to be judged, because to make the hall is the, I mean, think of Chris Carter. and yeah. it's, it's such the ultimate thing. And at any time it's done for a reason other than legitimate, I do think it's lamentable. I don't know if he should be in, but I know we shouldn't be judging based on politics. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.